this weekend. Come on. All right. Who's ready to play a game this weekend? Now, how many of you have ever played Battleship? Anybody ever play Battleship? Awesome. Okay, now grab your phone out. There's going to be a QR code on the screen, all right? And I'm going to give you a chance to sync my Battleship. Now, the rules are simple. My battleship is hiding somewhere on the grid. It'll be on your phone. And without knowing where, on your phone, vote where to shoot. And we'll see if you can sink my battleship. And I want you to hit me with your best shot. (laughs) What y'all don't know is every week I practice these sermons. And my family has to listen to them over and over again. And they've all begged me not to do that. And now I have to do it just in spite of them. Either way, I apologize that you have to go through it. But I want you to hit me with your best shot. And while you're doing that, I'm going to take my shot. Last weekend, Pastor said that his generation perfected games. Now, I love and honor our pastor, but, I mean, come on. (laughs) He ever played Madden? Call of Duty, right? Even on our phones, Candy Crush, Doodle Jump, Angry Birds. I mean, technology makes every game better. Me and Dad were actually playing a game this week. Um, Some people call it golf. Me and Dad uh, call it hit the balls in the woods, and we were doing that. And we were talking through my sermon. He's like, Zach, you're using Battleship. And I was like, yeah, Dad, but we're playing it across 11 campuses across the state of Tennessee. All right, technology makes it better. Now, while this is going to be fun, and we'll see if you guys get me or not, Back here are the answers. You'll see where my ship is, all right? But hey, wouldn't it be easier if you could see my side of the board? Now, let me ask you this, parents, students, promisers, as you are keeping track, are you keeping track of the spiritual side of the board in your life? Paul, who was an apostle and one of the writers of the Bible. He wrote most of the New Testament. He writes this to a church just like ours in a city called Ephesus. The book of the Bible is called Ephesians. And in Ephesians 6, 10, Paul writes this. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, again, raise your hand if you believe the Bible. At all of our camps, if you believe, okay, that's all of us. The Bible says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but where do you feel like you fight the most? Where do you feel like you focus the most? See, when Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus, there was a belief that demons lived among the stars and the planets, and they held human lives in their grip. People truly believed in this time that they walked around, that they had no option but to resign themselves to an unalterable reality. Now, does that sound familiar? How often do we say, oh, it is what it is. Oh, what can you do? Sometimes divorce happens. Sometimes overdoses happen, suicides, depression. There's been like, I don't know how many shootings in the last couple weeks. Racist shooting in Buffalo, Hayfield shooting in Southern California, an unimaginable shooting in Texas. And I I was told when I walked off stage after the 845 service, there was a shooting in Chattanooga, Tennessee, just last night. That's why we're gonna send campuses there and everywhere God will allow us to plant a church to win the world, we're gonna go. 
Because we know if you're a promiser, we know if you're a Christ follower, we know that the hands that hold you, God shapes us. And not just us, but our life, our world, and our family. So here's the question for this weekend for everyone listening, whether you're online, live at a campus, watching later. Do you know how to play to win on the spiritual side of the board? Do you know how to play to win in the spiritual side of the battle in your life, for your family, for your home, for your loved ones? Let's pray and ask that today we would never be the same. God, we love you. And we come before you today, we're gonna open your word. Holy Spirit, I pray because of your word, because of your direction, we would never be the same. Our families would never be the same. Because of that, our schools would never be the same. Our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our communities, our state, our country, our world would never be the same because of today, because of today, on May 29th at the 10 o'clock service, it would never be the same. Please move in a radical way. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Is anybody excited to be at church this weekend? I hope you're excited. Welcome to week three of the Family Game Series. And I just want to jump right in to God's word this morning. Now, as you find Ephesians 6 in your Bible app or in your Bible, just go ahead and go to Ephesians 6. While you're finding it, if you missed the first week of this series, I shared a story of a sheik or the grandfather of Dubai, and he was asked about the future of his country. And he said this, my grandfather rode a camel and my father rode a camel. He said, I ride a Mercedes. My son rides a Land Rover. My grandson is going to ride a Land Rover, but my great-grandson is going to have to ride a camel again. He was asked, why is that? Why would that happen? Dubai is one of the richest countries in the world. He said this, huge faith promise. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men, weak people. Listen, weak people create difficult times. I don't know about you, times today feel a little difficult. I wonder how we got here. But we're not gonna complain about that, we're gonna look where we're going. He says this, many will not understand it, but you have to raise warriors, not parasites. And my question about our homes is what are we raising in our home? At Faith Promise, we believe that we are all leading someone somewhere. Where are you leading your family, your spouse, your friends, your loved ones? Where are you leading just onlookers to your life? But I have good news for you this morning. Good news, discipleship does not have to be a shot in the dark. It does not have to work that way. Discipleship does not have to be a shot in the dark. Now, speaking of shots in the dark, what I wanna do is let's see how you guys did on Battleship. Let's see how you guys did when it came to seeking my Battleship. I'm supposed to have an assistant out at this point, but much like whenever we're trying to leave, it's my wife and I'm I was writing them down, I was writing them down. The numbers kept changing so fast. Hey, speaking of shots, let's play Battleship. On the way here. I, I know, said, don't I'm be late so out here. Sorry. I gave you what? I did so good. We'll last talk service. after service. I did so good. Okay, so congratulations. <laughs> you guys participated in playing Battleship. Let's see how we did. B3 was our first vote, and that was a miss. A miss. They missed, they missed, they missed. I ran all the way out here for a miss. All right, our second vote was for B2. B2. Another miss. Another miss. Well, we tried, you know. Vote three 
a five. Everyone prepare your hearts. You did hit Zach's battleship. Oh, come on, Zach. Well done. We got one hit. Let's try again. How out of breath are Wait, you? hold on. C1 was hit. There you go. That's what we're looking for. Are you out of breath right now? I am so out of breath. I was writing this down as fast as I could, and the numbers kept changing. So I'm really special. So pretty. All right. Our next vote is for B1, and that was a hit as well. Oh, come on. Yes. Right. And then our final shot was C3, which is a miss. Aha. But I believe every spouse, even if they're tardy, should get to play, don't you? And I think our final play oh, is a hit for A1. Congratulations, oh. you did sink Pastor Zach's battleship. It's cheating. Thank you. Sad Zach. Oh, come on. Come on. Is that like a participation trophy situation? All right. Fine, you sunk the SS Zachariah this week. My hope is that this weekend that we will spin around the board and show you a battle that you may not see, that you may not know is going on. A little earlier in Ephesians 6, when Paul was writing that church, he said this in Ephesians 6:10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil has schemes. The question is, are we standing? Let me tell you, the devil's doing his part. My question is, are we doing our part? Will you miss? Yes. Will you make a mistake? Of course you will. But listen, there's one thing we can do, and that's ignore the spiritual battle that's raging. Hey, do you want your kids to be successful? Do you want your spouse to be safe? Do, do we want our homes to be full of leaders? Then we have to arm them for the fight. We have to arm them. And let me ask you, what are the ways you're arming your family right now? Maybe you pay the bills or maybe you, 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 you keep things safe or maybe if you're a student, you don't let people talk trash or gossip about your friends. And hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's just one side of the board. What are the ways you're protecting your family on the spiritual side, your friends on the spiritual side? Listen, if you're here and you don't know anything about the spiritual side of the board, that's okay. And we're so glad that you're here. And we would love, if you want to know more about your purpose, we would love for you to join us for Next Steps on Sunday nights at 6, starting next week. We would love to have you. And actually today, we're going to give you, if you don't know Jesus, we're going to give you an opportunity to take a transformative next step. But hey, if, you, if you're on the Bible reading plan with us, we read something this week that really highlights how when we arm our families, you can pick out the leaders. See, in 1 Samuel 13, verse 19, we read in the Bible in plan this week, but it says this, not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel. Those are God's people because the Philistines, that's their enemy, had said, otherwise the Hebrews, it's, a, it's another name for the Israelites, they'll make swords and spears. They didn't want them to have weapons. It's easier to oppress a weaponless people. So all of Israel went down to, Phil Philistine, to the Philistines to have their plow, points, maxes, axe, and sickles sharpened. They had to go to the enemy just to get that stuff done. And it says this, listen, 
on the day of the battle, when God called his people to go to freedom, when God called his people to make a difference, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan, that's the king and his son, had a sword or a spear. None of them had a sword or a spear in their hand. They had shovels and axes. They had those things. Only Saul and his son, Jonathan, had them. So can you imagine showing up to battle with a shovel in your hand? Let me ask you this. What are you armed with spiritually? What are you sending your kids to school armed with? Your spouse to work armed with? Yourself out to lead your family? What are you armed with? Think about this. According to scripture, Saul had probably been king for two to three years, and he had not tried to equip his people. He had not put uh, weapons in their hand. Some leader, some king, right? How about us parents, grandparents, group leaders, students, promiser? What are we arming our kids, our students, our loved ones with to fight with spiritually? Hey, if we want our kids to be leaders, if we want them to to be safe, if we want them to be equipped, we have to arm them spiritually. We have to let God's word set what matters, not the culture. See, in Saul's day, God's people gave away to the enemy control over the weapons. They had no blacksmith. Does that sound maybe a little bit like us today? that we've given truth, that we've given our weapons away. How about us? Do our families prioritize being spiritually prepared and armed? Listen, what do you do? Let me ask you some questions. What do you do when your kids are brokenhearted and they're cut deep? Is healing prayer locked and loaded and ready? What do you do when your spouse or your kids are seeking truth on an issue, an upcoming decision? Is the Bible in hand ready to cut away confusion? What about this? What do you do when you or someone you love is all questions and no answers? Is the gospel geared up to take a shot at what really matters? I would love for us all, including myself, to humble ourselves this weekend and admit that we can do better here. We can do better at arming ourselves and our families for what matters most. Today, what I ask is that we commit ourselves to arm us and our families with prayer, with the Bible, and with the gospel. And I'm going to tell us how we're going to do it. Because thankfully, in Ephesians 6, Paul turns the board around. We don't have to guess. And gives us a sneak peek at the spiritual side of the battle. The last two pieces, because Paul goes through the armor of God, and the last two pieces that Paul pulls out is the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Let me read this to you. In, in Ephesians 6, verses 17 and 18, he says, Take the helmet of salvation, right, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is God's Word, the Bible. And he says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, right, all, all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for God's people. And we're not trying to survive ourselves or our family. We're supposed to be pushing out to God's people. 
And when you put the helmet of salvation on, I love to pray over people. And when you put, I always pray the helmet of salvation would be on their head so tight, they wouldn't hear the lies and the rumors of the enemy. Because when you put the helmet of salvation on, your identity is that you are saved. And whenever you have a new identity, you speak different. And what I want to ask you to start with when you speak different is your prayers. Let me ask us, are we loading up our homes to sling prayer powerfully? Are we loading up our homes to sling prayer powerfully? Are you praying with your kids? Are you teaching them how? Hey, for all of them this week, I'm going to give you a shot to take. Let's do something practical for prayer. For prayer, here's what I want you to do. If you have kids or a spouse, somebody who lives with you, I want to, I want to ask you to add nighttime prayer and declarations. It doesn't have to be at nighttime, but there does need to be a time every day that is set aside for prayer. For us, it's at nighttime. When I take my kids to bed, and it really, I, I'll give you an example. JL is on the top bunk and River's on the bottom, and I, I do them individually, and I'll grab JL, right? She's up there, so I'll grab her, and I'll, I'll, I'll just pray this. I'll say, God, thank you so much for JL. She is such a treasure to me. God, I pray that you would keep her safe. God, I pray that tonight she would have dreams about how you're gonna use her to change the world. God, I pray that she would share her faith. God, I pray that she would pray for people and they would be healed. God, I pray that she would make an impact at her school. I pray that she would remember her word for the year, that she is a light, Matthew 5, 14. In Jesus' name, amen. And then we do hug, kiss, headbutt, nuzzle, bed. That's what we do. And depending on how they obeyed that day is how hard the headbutt is. That's not spiritual, but it is a part of it. All right, let's just be honest. Every night, and hey, let me tell you this. Listen, listen, age does not matter. If they are under the covering of your roof, they are under the covering of your prayer, mom and dad. Amen? Can we do that? I'm telling you. And hey, maybe you're not ready to start right there yet. I'm, I'm going to pick that sword back up here in a second. But hey, let me tell you this. Because, you know, it's really hard to pray for somebody if you're not praying yourself. This is my prayer journal. And some of you guys, some of you manly men are saying, oh, that's a diary. All right. Well, hey, first of all, it's not. All right. But second of all, if that's what it took to keep my family safe, if that's what it took to gear them towards eternity, if that's what it took for them to share their faith, to overcome temptation, overcome generational curses, I'll take a diary with pink fuzzy dice on it. Hey, men, can I just talk to your competitive nature for a second? I bet I'm out praying you for your family. And that shouldn't sit right with you. Right here, every day. This is my journal. It's almost full for the year. I get to these things I pray through every day. When I get to Daniel 9.20, right, it's just a verse I pray through. I flip over here, right, and I pray through this list, and I rebuke them from your family. I rebuke fear and sickness and weariness and work. I rebuke them, and then I pray these things in. Blessings, fruitfulness, satisfaction. I pray them in. Don't let me outwork you for your family. That's crazy. Last service, I threatened them, and I said, if you want a piece of me in the lobby, you can come get it. I regret it. Xavier Mitchell, he used to play DN for University of Tennessee, grabbed a hold of me, and boy, did I feel feminine. <laughs> you don't realize how small you are until somebody grabs you. Oh, gosh. Don't hurt me, all right? Hey, what about this? Prayer. What about this? Are we teaching 
our kids, our families, our friends, that they are not alone. And I don't mean they're not alone in the warm, fuzzy way of, oh, you're not alone, I love you, but in the biblical sense. In 1 Peter 5, 3, or 8, 9, it says this, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking for your kids. Are you looking for him? Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know, you know, we know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Listen, our fight we see in the Bible is supposed to be more than about us. This is why knowing and mesmerizing scripture is so key. I'm gonna get fired up here. This matters so much. The sword of the spirit that is the Bible, it matters. Are we loading up our home to swing the sword of the scripture? Where is your sword? How sharp is it in your hand? What about in your kids' hands? Are you teaching them to hold it? Here's my concern. That some of our families look like this right here when it comes to spiritual warfare. When it comes to our kids, this is it. Not, not, it's, this next guy is what I'm really talking about. I'm worried this is what we look like. This cat with the nunchucks coming up. Here's what I'm worried about. I don't want our family to look like this. No. That can't be us. How many of you guys are, you go to work and it's like, well, well, I, I think that uh, you know, divorces are wrong. I think pornography is not wrong. You're just, <laughs> that's not good enough. It's not. Are you, listen, are you teaching? Are you arming yourself and your family in your home? Can your household hold the sword? Listen, if you'd allow me just to step in your business for a second. Are they uncomfortable with the sword of the Spirit, the Bible? Because you're ashamed of it. In Luke 9, it says, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. This matters. Where are we leading people? Listen, we train ourselves and our families in prayer and in the Word. Let me give you a shot to take this week. Let me walk you through what I do with my family and what I do with myself right here, that, that there's a Bible app for kids and you can walk them through it. They get to pick it. So these are different passages, different stories, right? And so we do this first at my house at Bible time and they pick one. This is River's favorite story, Roaring Rescue. It's Daniel Lion's Den. Picks it, it reads it and they can interact with it. It's gonna ask them questions, right? Uh, and, and they're gonna have to answer them. It's an amazing tool so they can do that. If your kids are a little older, if you go to the YouVersion Bible app, the home screen, you scroll to the bottom, there is a kid's Bible experience every day. It's set up like Instagram or TikTok, right? And it's gonna give you different things, questions, challenges that you can do. This is one of the things I use to disciple my kids. And maybe you need to step on your own. If you scroll up on the home page, you're gonna see different Bible reading plans at the very top. There's a Bible, there's a word of the day every day. Some of you walk through, guys, listen. Hey, some of you guys are learning how to build whole houses, how to tile your shower, how to decorate your home on YouTube, and you're gonna tell me that you can't disciple your kids? It's not gonna hold water. It's like, hey, I don't have the answers to share the gospel with my, my coworkers. It's not gonna hold water. It's not us. We're not excuse makers. 
Listen, uh, uh, let me show you a picture, and uh, I've, I've got a real role. This is, this is a, a passage that came up when me and Jail were doing Bible time the other day. It says, whatever your hands find to do, do with all your might. For, the, uh, for in the realm of the dead where you are going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge or wisdom. Jail said, Dad, what's that mean? I said, baby, we just don't have a lot of time here on this earth. So if you're going to share your faith with your friends at school, let's do it. If you're going to honor mom, let's do it. While we have time, let's do it. Hey, listen, you don't need degrees to disciple your kids. You just need less distractions. I'm not a better parent than you. We're not better parents. My question, though, are we more focused than you? You can do it. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about the word. Now, let me ask you this one. Hey, this is what separates faith promise right here. Are we loading up our homes to bring the gospel? Are we loading up our homes to fight with the gospel? What does it look like to fight with the gospel? In 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, it says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We can do that. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Listen, not just in our lives, but we help people around us do that. Like in Battleship, you don't have to know where everyone's ships are to play to win. You don't have to be a ship expert, because let me tell you this, to win your world. Listen, every relationship, every friendship, every partnership, every companionship, every fellowship, every ownership, mentorship, leadership, readership, uh, membership, scholarship, citizenship, salesmanship, professorship, all of those are better with Jesus in in them. And if the, amen, it's, it's better. Listen, everything torpedoing our marriage, our, our kids, our schools, our workplaces can trail back to sin. The church, we can follow her and sin right back to the source of sin and sink it with the truth about Jesus. It's time for us to stop shaking our heads and say, oh, I hate you're going through that. Oh, ooh, I'll be praying for you and start inviting people into a relationship with Jesus. Listen, the life God designed them for, we model it and we lead them to it. Here's a shot that you can take this week. There's a QR code on the screen and what that's gonna take you to Faith Promises YouTube page. And there's a, there's a podcast I did with Pastor Kyle Wall on evangelism. And then there's also a podcast I did with Rachel, my wife on there about how we can fight gospel-centered with our families. So this week, let's pray, let's get in the Word, and let's also fight with the gospel. Let's take our shot. Me and Dad, me and Pastor Chris, we pray for you every day. Could I dream you for a second? I dream that we wouldn't just play to win on one side of the board that our families would just be safe, but we would work on the spiritual side of the board, so much so that families, that we can create families for people who need them through groups and through our ministries. We need spiritual moms and dads for FP kids. We need spiritual brothers and sisters who will fight for marriages and families in our groups. Come on, church, it's who we're called to be. Listen, we can't be caught playing to win on the side of the board, that's not gonna matter. 
but on the side of the board that affects eternity. I'm telling you, God's moving. God's healing and God's saving. Here's my ask for you. Do not waste God's moves nor your moves. Today, we're gonna respond. And there's gonna be people up front to pray with you. And can I encourage you, if you need prayer, come let them lay their hands on you and pray. It's biblical, James chapter five, we wanna serve you. Maybe you need to light a candle and ask God to light a fire in you. Maybe you need to take communion and be reminded that Jesus spilled his blood for you to be cleansed and broke his body for you to move. Maybe you just need to bow at the cross and thank him for who he's called you to be. But it's time. It's time for his church to look different. It's time for our fans to look different. God, we come before you right now and I'm challenged. I think we're all challenged. I pray that today we would walk out not only committed to have a sword in our hand, but to put a sword in our family's hands, our spouse's hand, our co. And I just want to speak right now against the lies of the enemy. There's lies right now that they can't. There's lies right now that they've sinned. There's lies right now. But Jesus, take those lies away. Take those doubts away. In the Bible, the word hear and obey are the same word. Make us people of obedience. Make us people of action. It doesn't matter if we fall. It doesn't matter if we fail because, Jesus, you paid the price for our failure. All that matters is we obey. Gosh, move today. In your name we pray. Amen. As we worship, let's respond to his leading.